We've got a new episode of Swings and Mishes coming up. For almost 50 years, all year cooling has been the place that keeps all of South Florida cool. Listen, you know, living here in South Florida, summer is coming, and you do not want to wait to have your system checked. You do not want to wait to replace your unit. You know how this goes. It gets very hot here, basically from the end of April into May and all the way through the summer into the fall. To give you an idea, 10 years ago, I called Tommy Smith at All Year. He is the owner. He's been the owner, he and his family, for decades. And I purchased a new unit from them. And here we are, 10 years later, I've had absolutely zero issues, and they have the best customer service of any air conditioning company I've ever used. In fact, I think I may have called Tommy twice personally in 10 years. I needed some help. And within the hour, they're at my house. They show up very professional they do a great job and then i'm good to go for months and months and years they're incredible in fact if you schedule a new unit installed before the afternoon they will come and put a new unit in your house in the same day no one in south florida can guarantee that they offer up to 60 month financing and remember i personally use all year cooling and tommy has been a personal friend of mine for over 10 years you call him you let him know you want a cool unit in your house this summer don't wait till june till it breaks down you have to do it now call 866-381-3554 or while you're listening to this podcast take your phone out go to their website allyearcooling.com click on the call now button you'll get connected directly to them and by the way my friend the owner tommy smith you can text him directly from your phone from the website right now and he'll set you up all year cooling is my personal place to go they keep my home cool they keep my family cool for more than a decade the number again 866-381-3554 hello mlb fans and welcome to a special mlb draft day special here on swings and Mishes. For those of you that do follow us on social media, you will not be surprised to know that Craig Mish is not joining us today as he has his first episode of his new radio show on FNTSY Radio. Uh, you can check that out on Twitter and find their handle at FNTSY Radio, and you can stream that on iHeartMedia uh, and all sorts of other entities. So we're very happy for Craig. Um, for those of you that don't know, I'm Jeremy Taché. I'm the producer here on Swings and Mishes. And so today, because there is no Craig joining us for our MLB Draft special, it will be the one and only Dutch Beak, uh, Michael Sunveik, uh, who is joining us uh, to talk a quick MLB Draft sort of preview here uh, on Swings and Mishes. And we're just going to kind of get into the basics. Um, but before we do, Mike, how's it going today, man? The Marlins have won four or five series. Good. I'm great. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, I mean, I think the last time we were on, we were kind of like sad about how bad it's been. Mm -hmm. The last time I was on, and now all of a sudden they're the best team in baseball. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt, the best team in baseball. That's that's the entire conversation. They are the best team <laughs> in baseball, period. Uh, I don't think there's much discussion around it. But you're right. The last time you were on, I think we were basically just trying to find something to enjoy. And now... Yeah. Uh, and now Garrett Cooper and Harold Ramirez have basically uh, have sparked joy in all of our lives in, in Marie Kondo uh, terms. But uh, getting to the <laughs> getting to the draft, getting to what we really want to talk about today. And again, this is just going to be an overarching conversation 
Um, just we're going to give you sort of our perspectives and, and throw out some of the names um, that have been linked to the Marlins and, and across the top of the first round. We're not really going to delve into the 35th and 46th picks that the Marlins do have. We're really going to center this around that fourth overall pick. And so that being said, in the latest mock drafts uh, this morning from ESPN, there's been from Baseball America, there's been from USA Today, there's been relative consistency at the top. Um, Adley Rushman out of Oregon State, the catcher, he's been the consensus number one pick for as long as I can remember at this point. Um, mm-hmm. That said, this morning, as always, when drafts come around, there seems to be a little bit of questioning as to whether or not the Orioles are actually going to take him and whether they might actually take Andrew Vaughn, the first baseman, out of Cal. But Adley Rushman does seem to be a 99% chance he's going to go number one. If he doesn't, it's sort of all hell breaking loose. Uh, At number two, most mock drafts, and this seems to be actually the biggest lock of all, Bobby Witt Jr., the shortstop out of Colleyville Heritage High School in Texas. Uh, He seems to be the number two linked to the Royals in most of these drafts. At number three, and this is based off the ESPN draft, the White Sox would be taking Andrew Vaughn, that first baseman out of Cal we've talked about. And at four, that leaves J.J. Blade for the Marlins, the outfielder from Vanderbilt. Now, we know, um, based off Craig's reporting last week and, and the weeks prior, that the, the Marlins, uh, you know, four head honchos in, in Jeter, Denbo, Hill, and even Jorge Posada were out scouting both Vaughn, Blade, actually Hunter Bishop from Arizona State. And we've seen... All of those guys linked to the Marlins. In fact, yesterday, Craig tweeted some of the, the conversation around it. And we know that, that as of this morning, there's been all sorts of, of, of different uh, tweets from different Marlins writers and different media members that have sort of thrown all the different possibilities out there. But last night, Craig had talked about how Vaughn and Blade do appear to be the top picks for the Marlins, should either of them be there or both of them be there. Uh, that Hunter Bishop out of Arizona State is a strong possibility. Um, and that the high school kids, Riley Green and C.J. Abrams, who in this mock draft literally go five and six right after the Marlins, J.J. Blade, are still on the radar. And one sort of long shot to keep an eye on is Shea Langoliers out of Baylor. Um, he's a catcher, and he actually had uh, a really ridiculous night the other night in the College World Series. He had 11 RBIs on three homers. He had a really crazy night, uh, and so maybe his stock is rising, but all of this to say, Dutch, if, mm-hmm. if everything does go according to plan, it goes Rutschman, Wick, Vaughn, Blade's there for you at four. Is that the guy that you're taking if you're the Miami Marlins? Um, yeah, I'm taking Blade. I mean, I would consider Abrams, mm-hmm. but I'm more, I'm more uh, comfortable taking the college bat this time around. Uh, the Marlins have taken one college bat since – 2000 that was Colin Moran out of North Carolina and they traded him you know within a couple years so uh, so it like doesn't really count I would say so like it's been a while since we've seen them take someone that we know could be here in like two years and not have to wait that five-year process four-year process to see what they have and I mean maybe uh, things go better in the major league level that the timeline really gets moved up. You know, if they sign a free agent or if uh, Monty and these guys really work out fast, right. That you can take a Blade four and he's up within two years. And all of a sudden your timeline has really moved forward. 
Yeah, absolutely. I I tend to agree with you on that. That w- one thing that we do know is that the Marlins will not be taking any pitching uh, at this pick. Uh, this this yeah. will not be a pitcher. So if you've fallen in love with uh, Nick Lodolo, the left-hander out of TCU, uh, no, he's not going to be on the Miami Marlins. Um, I will say, I, I tend to agree with you on the college bat concept. I, I've sort of been, we talked about this a few months ago, really, when, when MLB Draft Talk was first starting up. And I, I'll be honest, I know, uh, not that I know a lot, but I know a lot more about these guys now than I did then. And I was still mm-hmm. saying, college bat is important because you need someone that, sure, Riley Green or C.J. Abrams, those guys might turn into superstars. They might. You might look back on this draft and go, wow, I can't believe, you know, we got, we got a lot out of Bleday. We got a lot out of Vaughn, but wow, Riley Green's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I I, I think that's okay. I think it's okay to, to go with the safe pick this year because as the Marlins continue this build, continue to, to get to the point where, you know, right now they're looking sort of competitive, but we know that as we get into June and July, things will probably, you know, trend downward from where they've been over the last few weeks. This will ultimately end up being probably one of the three or four worst teams in Major League Baseball. And as you continue to try to build towards success, you do need some guys that you can sort of plug and play in the next couple of years because this build can't take five or six years. I mean, you have, you have to be somewhat competitive in the next couple of years for this for, for the fan base to feel like it's salvageable, for, for everybody around you to feel like you're trying to compete. And so if you take another high school bat, you know, you took Connor Scott last year, and it's going to take him a little while until he's at the point where he's ready to produce at the major league level. If you take another one that's going to be another three- or four-year project, what are you really doing to help the major league product anytime soon? So I, if you want to take some of these high school guys that, later on at that 35th or 46th pick, or even, you know, obviously later some projects based off of the way that you like to evaluate now, that's more than fine, but you really (laughs) have to hit on this first pick. And so to take the quote unquote safe guy in JJ Blade, I I think it's a, it's a no brainer. Um, I I will say, and, and we've talked about this and, and one thing that the Marlins might do is at that 35th pick, they may go after someone that has sort of fallen there because, you know, maybe teams don't think that they're going to actually be able to sign them. And the Marlins may try to throw more money at that player to get them to sign and take someone with that high upside. So that being said, if that's the case, maybe the Marlins do take Hunter Bishop or Shea Langoliers at four, even if someone like Blade or Green or Abrams is available, just for the availability of being able to pay a little bit less money at four so that they can extend later. I don't think that that's ultimately what happens. And maybe they still overpay at 35, even if they get Blade at four and give the normal bonus money. But at this point, I I think it has to be a college bat. I'm at the point where I kind of don't think that there's another way for them to go. That said, uh, Dutch, what do you think about the concept of the Marlins? If, say, Rutschman goes one, and all of a sudden, the Royals are in a spot where they ultimately decide to take Andrew Vaughn, mm-hmm. right? And they skip on Bobby Witt, the high schooler. And then J.J. Blade goes through to the White Sox because they want a college guy. Then what do you do if you're the Marlins? And it's, it, it's clear that the top talent remaining are all high school kids like Green, Abrams, and Witt. 
but Hunter Bishop and Shea Langoliers, who, who have now been linked to the Marlins, are still standing there. Do you go with the, the high-potential high schooler? I think at that point, for MLB draft for me, I don't ever think you should draft for need or you should draft for like anything like that. I think you should always, for the most part, go best player available when it comes to that situation. So I would go with just right. because, you know, people are saying, oh, he's a lock for two. Mm-hmm. So if he falls to four, you kind of like feel like you have to take him. Right. Like, it's, it's easier to say go college bat when we know Witt's going to, when we know mm-hmm. uh, whatever is going first. And we know, okay, so we're choosing between two different college bats. Mm-hmm. So you take, like, the higher upside college bat. Right. But when, when Witt falls, then you got to start thinking, okay, he's – there was times where he might have been one going into this process that people were saying, okay, he could go one, like, maybe, like, six, seven months ago. People right. were saying that. So then I started thinking, okay, you know, just take best player available. We have two higher picks, again, coming soon. There we can either take our college bats, spend more money to get guys that might not sign to actually sign. Like, it reminds me of a couple years ago, I think it was now, where I don't remember exactly what draft, like, year-wise it was. Uh They took someone the first round. And then I'm, like, saying, like, okay – go get Daz Cameron. But okay. everyone's saying, oh, Daz isn't going to sign. Right. And then he eventually signed, I think, in Houston. Mm-hmm. And then Houston got, like, a top 15 pick in, like, the second round or whatever it was. Like, right. So I, I would love for them to do something like that. Yeah, it would be interesting to see something of, of that risk level with the Marlins where ultimately they took someone that sort of slipped and then they overpaid and, and, and got that type of talent uh, to be there for the, for their second pick. So now not only have you gotten that top-level talent at four, but at 35, you've gotten someone who maybe was supposed to be a top-20 style player. A, a name that was floated out there um, that, that we, we discussed, that Craig and I discussed a few weeks ago, was Greg Jones Jr., the infielder out of UNC Wilmington, as someone that the Marlins really had their eye on at thir- 35. And now I, I've seen Jones, this is a guy with 80 speed. And this is a guy that can absolutely fly, and he got hot here late in the year. And now I've seen Mox having him going as high as 21 to the breaks. So if he's someone that, for example, if the Marlins are in love with him, and he does start to slip because teams might think, you know what, he may go back because his stock is only rising, and he's not going to sign with us the later we get into this first round, maybe the Marlins still take him at 35 and try to overpay and make sure he's a part of the organization. And that's just an example. That's not necessarily – the player that 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 happens with but it could be anyone there that the Marlins decide you know what maybe this is someone that other teams are unwilling to risk it but because we have the fourth highest amount of bonus pool money we're going to throw a bunch of money at this second pick to make sure that we're getting multiple players with top tier talent Uh, I will say uh, the one thing that is going to make all of this very interesting is if Adley Rutschman does not go number one. If Andrew Vaughn gets taken first and then the Royals go with Bobby Witt, it's all going to come down to the White Sox because the White Sox might put the Marlins in a very complicated situation. The Marlins may be locked in on J.J. Bleday, but what mm-hmm. if the White Sox ultimately decide, you know what, we're at a point where we want to take a high schooler? And we take Riley Green or C.J. Abrams. And then all of a sudden, J.J. Blade and Adley Rutschman, who was supposed to be the number one overall pick all this time, are both sitting there for the Marlins. 
it puts them in a really precarious situation. The best situation that you yeah, can possibly be in. It's not a bad one. It's yeah, definitely no, not a bad situation to be in. It's like the best bad situation. But I, it would be interesting to see what the Marlins do because maybe they've totally fallen in love with J.J. Blade. And maybe they would still want to take him. But if Adley Rutschman is there, it's, it feels like you got to go with him. And all of that said, the guy that I ultimately want is Andrew Vaughn. I think Vaughn is going to be an absolute star. I think J.J. Blade could be a star as well. But I, And again, I, how much time have I spent scouting all of these guys? I'm not here to act like I am a draft expert by any means. Um, I've watched minimal film on any of these given players. I feel like I know enough about them at this point based off of research, based off of watching some highlights to know, okay, I feel confident no matter who the Marlins are taking it for. I feel like this is a pretty deep draft at this point. Uh, but based off of everything that I've seen, Andrew Vaughn has, has stayed the guy for me that I really uh, think that the Marlins could, could take advantage of, of having it for. And I just think that he has the opportunity to really, really mash at the major league level relatively quickly, but that's why I'm not the one making the decisions. Um, any last notes that you want to add before we wrap this up again? Like I said, it's just a real quick uh, sort of teaser into the MLB draft. Again, the draft is tonight at seven o'clock. You'll see the Marlins pick fourth, 35th and 46th today. And it continues into tomorrow and Saturday. Um, not really. The only thing I was going to say was that if the Marlins do go the route where, you know, they spend on 35, mm-hmm. you know, to get a higher touted guy, it would be good for the ownership. That was something last ownership really never did. Right. But like, honestly, they did the opposite, even in the first round, like the Naylor pick and whatever, like, you know, like they took guys that were projected to go second round in the first round, just save a million dollars. Right. So it would be good for this new ownership to do that. And it would show how committed they actually are. It's going to be really fun to watch. I haven't been this excited for an MLB draft in ever. I really can't remember the last time that I was this intrigued. Obviously, besides, you know, when it was guys like Harper and Strasburg that you knew were going to go one, but it was just because you, you wanted to see them be taken. Yeah. For the Marlins' perspective, it's been a long time since I've been this excited for a draft, and I think it's because it's, it's, the, biggest nice, draft. it's the biggest draft of this whole thing. It, yeah. To put this in perspective so that people can really get it, I, I think that this draft is, is by far the biggest one that they're going to have through this build because these first few players are going to need to hit for the Marlins to be able to build as quickly as we all believe that they hope to. That's the biggest part of this. They could miss on these guys and still ultimately have success at some point. But if they do miss on these players and these players aren't ready in the next couple of years, it's going to be really tough for the Marlins to be very competitive come 2021, 2022. And it, this is going to continue to be it, it kicking the can down the line. So I, I'm excited. I hope that all of you listening are excited. Um, and again, I'm going to give Craig one more plug for his fantasy radio show. It is all for those of you that are constantly tweeting at swings and misses and asking us questions about fantasy baseball. What you have to do is listen to fantasy radio. That's at, F-N-T-S-Y radio on Twitter. Go follow them. You'll get more details about Craig's show. It's every day from noon to two. um, And you can check all of that out. We're very excited about what he's rolling out there and what he'll continue to be able to roll out here. Um, And we'll have more involvement from 
Dutch Bake as we go along in the next coming uh, weeks and months as well. So we're very excited about what we're doing here at Swings and Mishes, and um, I hope all of you enjoy the MLB draft tonight. Dutch, thanks for, uh, for, for joining me for this quick episode. Thank you.